Welcome back to That's Loaded, a so fucking iconic podcast with Caitlin B. And Sarah Bell. Whoop, whoop. What's up, guys? Hope you're having a fabulous day. It's the day before Valentine's Day when we're recording this. It's Galentine's Day. Galentine's. And Sarah and I got Galentine's Day facials, which were so great, by the way. Our skin is just fantastic right now. It's glowing to the gods. Can you tell? Yeah. Duh. I can tell, babe. They can tell through our voices that our skin's glowing. (laughs) You can see it on our Instagram, though. You guys, we're doing a giveaway for facials. So if you want to oh, enter yeah. and win the facial, go to our Instagrams and follow the rules. We made it like really simple to enter, but by the time this podcast is up, you still have like days to enter. So, I mean, who wouldn't want a free facial? I'm just saying. It like it felt so good too. So, oh my gosh, I know this. the exfoliating part. I was like, "Oh, like take off all my dead skin." I know. I was like, "It's kind of like it doesn't hurt, but it feels weird." And yeah. I was like, I'm a kinky little bitch, man. I'm like, keep it going. (laughs) It hurts so good. Keep it going. I like it rough. (laughs) Anyway, this week we are going in a completely different direction that we've gone before, and we're Mm -hmm. talking about true crime. crime. We told you guys when we started this podcast that nothing was off limits, so here we are. We meant it. We meant it. So true crime has always been something that interested the both of us. When we lived together, we'd watch documentaries on the couch, deep diving Mm -hmm. into certain cases. And now in the last few years with the popularity of podcasts growing, we've been able to learn even more about true crime through the podcast we listen to. In this episode, Mm -hmm. we are going to dive into a handful of cases that have stuck with us through the years and discuss them. It'll probably be a long episode, so if you would want Mm -hmm. a part two... Let us hit know. it. Let hit us it. know. And- <laughs> hit us up on That's Loaded Podcast Instagram. <laughs> Seriously, we love to hear your guys' feedback. Gosh, I'm so excited about this because, I mean, true crime. I know. From this episode, I've been like, okay, we should do one on, on old Hollywood, like murders and stuff. We should definitely yes. do one on haunted places. And obviously, oh when Caitlin and I go to Salem. Salem- in October, I am literally – I need a countdown in my phone because I know. I've been waiting for this trip since last year. So oh, it was before – It's we, going it to be like three years ago we talked yeah. about it. Yep. It's going to be the trip of the century. I'm going to the so places in Salem. Oh, excited. my God. I, I told wait. Cody about it. I was like, so my guess is we'll need you guys to come for photo purposes, but – Also to sleep at night. <laughs> also that like it'd be scared <laughs> i mean it won't bother me but you're a little bitch i love it and no, I, mean. I was like you and becker can go tour breweries while caitlin and i are oh, like exactly. flicking our beans to yeah. salem witch trials and all yep. that stuff and then so. they can take creepy pictures of us like the shining twins so it works I out for everybody and not wait it's gonna be <sighs> oh my god so stay so. tuned for that. Yeah, if you want this to be a series, if you like this, <laughs> us talking about true crime, which is so fun because I feel like it's a topic that, well, especially you have wanted to talk about, but it's like not something you could really make a YouTube video about because it's not like you're like a crime content yes. creator. You know Watch what I mean? That's Loaded becomes a true crime podcast. <laughs> it's just slowly like just shifts. I mean, we true crime and like sex in the city, just like a weird mix. <laughs> People are going to be like, what the fuck did you I know, get into? I wouldn't, wouldn't put it past us. You never know where this is going. But for now, we're talking about everything. This week, we have to talk about something really important. Our weekly updates. Hit us. Crew, as if you listened to last episode, <laughs> you know. If you know, yeah. you know. Crew has you know, two you know. different eye colors. Oh, my gosh. I didn't think he could get any more perfect I have a while. And he just delivered. <laughs> he delivered. How does he keep doing this? Like, what is he going to come up with next? I and don't know how he can top this. insecure about it? I'm like, dude, do like, not be insecure. Like, are you really insecure about this? Because I don't know how you could possibly be insecure about having two different beautiful colored eyes. Like, that's the kind of the dream, right? Like, crew, I love you. I was a little pissed <laughs> that your friend Victoria was hitting on her man. <laughs> I was like, does she not know he is ours? Listen, listen. I had to show her because I was like, this man is stunning. He lives in LA. He's single. She's single. Like, if I can just so have any 
proximity to this man, like it needs to happen. So I'm trying to make it happen. <laughs> he is ours. Do you have anything new with you this week? No tea, but I did I did watch the Britney Spears documentary finally. That you came did? out on my birth that came out on my birthday, but I didn't get around to doing it until I was forcing myself to clean my room. So I was like, you know, I'm just gonna put this on. Mm-hmm. And I just I just feel so bad for her, you know? Like I, I pretty much like everything that they talked about wasn't like mind blowing. It was just like things we've already known, Agreed. I think. But I was like, for a good like progress documentary like I'm waiting for the time when she comes out like that's really gonna be that's fascinating Mm -hmm. but I was just you know I was like damn yeah free Brit you know like this just sucks I didn't realize like I knew paparazzi really affected her but growing up it wasn't something that I was really that concerned about I was just like Britney Spears is going crazy she's shaving her head and all this stuff so yeah. seeing it actually play out and seeing her, I mean, it's so sad to see. She's it's just going horrible. to see her she wants to see her kids, you know, mm-hmm. and but she has paparazzi following her. It just makes me so sad and it, I had no idea about the Justin Timberlake thing. I know. Did you see he like came out with a statement yesterday like apologizing to her and Janet Jackson? Really? Mm-hmm. But it's like – I mean, it wasn't really him. It was his pu- – like, his publicist. So it's like, okay. Yeah, and that was totally. how many years ago. But I felt so bad because it's crazy to see, like, the paparazzi who, like, took that iconic, like, umbrella shot of her. I know. And how he just truly, like, is so delusional to be like, no, she was – she just wanted me to – she never told me to leave me alone. And then the interviewer was like, she literally said, leave me alone. And he's like, no, she just meant like right now. She didn't mean in general. I was like, yes, she did. Like she didn't like you. <laughs> that guy sucks. Oh, I'm like – it was such a different time back then too because I know. we didn't have social media. So that's literally where we consumed our celebrity content. We were obsessed with pop stars. Oh, yeah. So like it's like, magazines. yeah, we were addicted to it. Like we we had to get the latest magazine and like find out our news through that and – in like e-news and stuff or whatever was before that but it's just it was crazy and like how they mm-hmm. would interview her back then I was like I the know. questions I cannot believe they were like so we need to her talk boobs. about your boobs <laughs> like what they could never do that these days it's wild Shocking. I didn't watch those interviews and stuff growing up because to me we Britney Spears was like the person that I just listened to and I would yeah. like you know I had a shrine dedicated to her but like other than that <laughs> I yeah. got my my celeb tea from a young age from like Tiger Beats and like J14. J14. Yes. <sighs> Good times. Yep. Something I want to brag about though, mm-hmm. the house that I only shoot at in East Nashville, I was watching Casey Musgraves' Instagram story the other day and she has a Rolling Stone either cover or article coming out and I was like, oh my God, weird. That looks just like this girl I follow's house and sure enough it's the same place how cool is that I'm like oh my god that's wild I'm Casey Musgraves <laughs> you guys basically the same and now you have to go back to that house and recreate one of her shots before someone else does because you always get that you look like her I need to get a She's lot more see it. and then I'll look mm-hmm. more like her I gotta Perfect. freeze that face because her face freeze like, it. you can't move yeah her face doesn't move and I respect the fuck out of it we respect it. We love it. When you wrote this, I thought you wrote horse, horse I shot, or like horse being shot by Casey Musgraves. I was like, what is this story? Like, she shot a horse. But yeah, oh wow, that's crazy. That's so weird. Nashville is such a like a small world. It kind of freaks me out. It's so weird. I hate it, but I love it at the same time. Mm-hmm. No, we stand. You should never meet your idols. That's what I stand by. That except. That is what they I would say. love to meet Nicolas Cage, but like it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Sarah told me that if she could have dinner with someone dead or alive, she would for sure include Nicolas Cage. I don't know if I would have ever heard someone <laughs> drop Nicolas Cage in that kind of conversation, but please explain. I just feel like Nicolas Cage would be so interesting to just have a conversation with. Because he, I mean, he's a weird dude. He has like a $200,000 octopus at one point. He bought like the most haunted house in New Orleans, which is crazy. 
I just like want to pick his brain, you know? I'm like, dude, what the what the fuck? So it's that TikTok sound. It's like, what is going on inside of your head? <laughs> dun, 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 dun. And I just feel like him you and mean- I would just like kick it, you know? We'd probably like have a few beers and like talk stupid shit. Cage. <laughs> We'd shoot oh the my shit. God. I mean, you would have some weird conversation. You could ask him a lot of loaded questions. I know. He's you know? actually our next podcast podcast he's, guest he's coming on can you imagine we have nick cage <laughs> i'd be like i love your work national it's, treasure is amazing is a national treasure i stan i love that movie i need to watch it again do you i don't know if i've yes. ever seen it in full it was always playing when we were on a bus ride like on a field trip and it was always something that we were just like oh National treasure. Like, meanwhile, I'm gonna like, put in yes! my, <laughs> my CD player. <laughs> You're the only Haters. kid, that, like, super excited about it. You were probably the one who popped it in the VHS. Oh, my mom and I used to like rent it from the library, and we'd like make nights out of it. The we'd library. Pop- oh my gosh, our age is showing. <laughs> I know. Anyway. Do you want to take it away for the loaded review? Sure, Sarah. So for this week's loaded review, I know last week I said if you dropped the name crew in your in your loaded review that you would for sure get a shout out. So that still rings true, but there is one that we need to discuss this week. So all of you crew babies, don't you worry. I'll give you some loaded love next week. But <laughs> this one goes to <laughs> I love Justin Bieber and which yes, we agree. And this was a one star <laughs> review, but we think it was an accident, which is why you're getting the shout out. Okay. Because it was very nice. So she said, I've been watching Sarah and Caitlin on YouTube since 2012. And now I love the podcast short and sweet to the point. We love to hear it, but, um, you know, if you meant to give us five stars, this is just your little reminder to go, <laughs> go fix it. <laughs> We were like dying because I was like, wait, this is such a nice review. Yeah. But you gave us one star. (laughs) Like, which one is it? Let us know, Justin Bieber. (laughs) Or if, you know, you meant it, that's fine. Then, then absolutely. I'll go cry. You know, we'll go. (laughs) No, but we love you. And if you want to be featured next week, well, I'm probably going to be giving a shout out to some of my crew babies, but, you know, continue to drop crew in your, in your loaded review for a for sure shout out, but we're going to be giving shout outs in all of our podcasts. So go rate us five stars on Apple podcasts, leave a little review, a little rating. And we love all of you. I was so blown away by how many people left crew like comments and on the podcast. I love, I loved it so much. I was laughing. So (laughs) you're going to get some love. I am just shocked because I mean, to me, it's just you and I listening to the podcast like 5,000 times, but yeah, no one's listening. It's just us. Naughty, naughty. <laughs> just thinking about the confessions episode. <laughs> naughty, naughty. Bad, bad, bad. What are we talking about today, Sarah? <laughs> yep, bro. Uh, we're going to talk about why women are obsessed with true crime. We're going to dive into a few different mm-hmm. cases. I have three, so you're going to be hearing probably a lot Ooh. from me, but... Yeah, Sarah's like the true crime queen, so and she also loves researching. So I'm like, you know what? I kind of want her to like be my storyteller today, and we're gonna be listening to all of these. I know one of them, but it's been a while, so mm-hmm. I'm excited for the refresher. Oh yeah, true. I know two of them, but I'm excited for this refresher because they're good. They're so so good. So first things first, why are women obsessed? Because I am always blown away by how many people on TikTok are being like, I'm obsessed with true crime. And I'm like, bitch, I thought I was like quirky for liking true crime as much as I do, but turns out I'm not unique. So Caitlin, take it away. <laughs> I know. Growing up, it's like, I was like, I'm so weird for liking this because uh-huh. I love to fall asleep to forensic files. It was just my favorite thing growing up. And <laughs> I did so up until college, up until Alex and I moved in together because he cannot stand true crime. And that's why I've kind of like diminished my consumption of true crime in recent years because living with Alex, he's just like, I don't know how you can watch this. It's so scary. Like he can't sleep at night because of it, especially if it takes like place in LA. There's a new one that takes place in LA. He won't let me watch Mm -hmm. that with him. So I'm going to have to watch that alone. Mm -hmm. 
So, uh, but yeah, it's so common for women. So we started doing some digging and there is a New York Times article that cited a 2010 study that 70% of Amazon reviews of true crime books are by women as opposed to war books are around 80% men. Plus Sarah. Except for me. <laughs> Sarah's like, I'm both. <laughs> and also comparing numbers to podcast downloads and like show viewers, readers of books, it's always majority women. And true crime podcasts report that listeners are around like 80 to 85% women. So it's definitely like very much skewed women as the consumption of true crime. And it's like, what benefit could we drive from hearing about someone like us who had the worst possible gruesome fate. And I think at the end of the day, women, including like Sarah and I obviously are obsessed with true crime because we in a way like see ourselves in these victims because it's overwhelmingly women as the victim and men as the predator, not always, but definitely a majority of the time. And it's horrifying to think that like that victim could be any one of us. So by consuming this, we're even when it's extremely gruesome and horrific and like unfathomable, it's also the horrible reality. Mm-hmm. And more times than not, it's like the predator is someone the victim knows. And I consume it because I'm just curious and mainly I want to learn from it. So that is a huge theory is that like, you know, if a woman escaped her attacker in a specific way, we think like, wow, maybe I could too. Or we think, you know, how could I have possibly gotten out of that situation? And there was a BBC radio article that said, you know, knowledge is power. Your worst possible fear is, you know, understanding it, confronting it, knowing everything you can about it. And it's definitely like a puzzle for us to work out and try to conspire like what they did and like who did it. Mm-hmm. I know when I'm watching true crime series or like reading books, because I mainly read psychological thrillers and like horror books, but oh, yeah, I'm always trying your crime. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Like literally that's how I dive into it. But I'm always trying to pick up clues along the way and like come up with my own theories. And it's also like part of the thrill. And it's like the fear also when you're watching true crime, it's like it's a curiosity, but also the fear is a thrill, even though it is like someone's horrible reality. But we just love like trying to create our own theories and like, you know, piece the puzzle together along the way. Mm-hmm. You have a fear of crime, but it's also just a reality. So we want to hear like these true stories of how, you know, people escaped it, hopefully, or just try to learn from it and be like, oh my gosh, like noted. And and maybe I can be, you know, more aware of my surroundings. That's always something I take from watching true crime. I'm like, okay, I just need to be like more aware that this actually happens. I'm not invincible, especially being a woman. And that's just, yeah, how I'm, I think most of us kind of relate to that. I'm like the least aware person for being so true crime obsessed. I should probably be more aware (laughs) of my surroundings. (laughs) I know. There's so many times I'm just like taking Ollie out and I'm just like on my phone and then I'm like, oh my God, what am I doing? Like, I'm the dumbest drunk idiot ever. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like there's the so many times in college, leading. I'll just be like walking. I would just, and granted, like I went to a very safe college town, but like you're never truly it invincible. Always you know what I mean? In college towns, man. It really does. And you, there would be so many times you just like walk home drunk. But yeah, that's kind of what I gathered from everything is just we all kind of – it's the curiosity, the fear, and just kind of being drawn to it because you want to learn from it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wonder what like the studies are for people – like do women, do you think, tend to like ones that are solved or unsolved because where they can kind of put the, put the puzzle together and figure mm-hmm. it out for themselves? Anyway, um, so for this episode, we did not want to say we had like a favorite true crime case because labeling something like this would be really horrific and it just doesn't feel right. Mm -hmm. I feel like everyone who loves true crime, though, does have a certain case that really sticks with them from the moment they hear about it. While most of us are listening to music while they're driving, there's me who pulls up to the McDonald's (laughs) drive-thru blasting certain true crime podcasts. I'm sure you already know the good ones, but I felt like before we dive into the cases we talk about the ones that I listen to pretty much daily because I mean a lot of these I heard from the podcast and if you want to listen to the episode I will link them in the show Mm -hmm. notes because obviously I wouldn't have I mean I probably would have eventually heard about it because (laughs) I am a true crime obsessed and I you know yes 
watch YouTube and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. so there's Crime Junkies. Love that. There's Morbid. I just started getting into and I feel like they cover just a wide variety of things. Like they've got the haunting, they've got the true crime, all that stuff. I watch that chapter on YouTube, which he actually was in the Elise, Elise or Elisa Alam uh, Netflix show. Oh, really? Yeah, they That's interviewed cool. him. And I, I was like, oh my God, Cody. Like, I feel you like get I know him. <laughs> he's like, I know because he's, I think, Irish or something like that. And Cody always walks in whenever I'm listening to <laughs> that on YouTube. He's like, and he's this like, guy again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then there Classic. are certain podcasts like, the Orange Tree, To Live and Die in L.A., and Cold, which are all case-specific podcasts. So they deep dive into the interviews, which is great if you're road tripping. I tend to listen Ooh, to yeah. the previous ones I mentioned weekly because there's new cases every week, but it's just easier for me to keep up that way. But to each mm-hmm. their own, wanted to just give that little disclaimer if you're interested. I also want to throw out Kendall Ray is a oh, great YouTuber great. who shifted mm-hmm. pretty much all to like true crime unsolved and solved and she also discusses like paranormal stuff and she has a podcast mile higher and that's with her husband and they have a youtube channel but also like you can just listen to the podcast too but they go through like all kinds of things like that and and really deep dive into that as well and it's more like giving their own theories and stuff and commentary but i find her really digestible and like she covers a lot of interesting cases that aren't like that well known too i've never listened to her podcast it's really, it's really addicting. I actually just watch it like while I'm getting, well, kind of watch oh, it slash listen yeah. to it. But it's good. Interesting. Okay, so kids, I'm so excited. It's like <laughs> kids, <laughs> gather around. Sarah's the like, like a teacher, like getting ready for story time. She's just dying. <laughs> the first one we're going to dive into is the Eastburn family murders and. I recommend listening to the Crime Junkies episode on this from May 13th, 2019. Again, I'll link it in the show notes in case you're interested. This is a good one. Sarah sent this to me when I was – we were road tripping from Portland. And I was like, I need I need something to listen to for a while. Like, give me a good true crime. And this is the one that she sent me. Okay. So the Eastburn family was a military family that was based out of Fayetteville, North Carolina. It was a family mm-hmm. consisting of Gary – and Katie, which is the husband and wife, and their three Mm -hmm. children, Karen, who's five, Aaron, who's three, and Jana, who is 22 months. In May of 85, Gary was training in Alabama while the rest of his family was in North Carolina. They were basically preparing for a move because I think he was being sent overseas to England. Okay. So that's why he was like away from his family. He wasn't, it wasn't like anything long, but him and his wife kept in touch. They had routine phone calls every Saturday. And one Saturday... Katie didn't call Gary, so he tried to ring the house and no one answered. And He was like, okay, maybe they're out or something like that. Mm-hmm. So he called the next-door neighbor, and the neighbor was like, I haven't seen anyone. Didn't think anything of it. So they eventually ended up calling a cop, and the cop went over, and he didn't really see anything. And then the next morning, the neighbor saw a pile of newspapers stacking up untouched and knew something was wrong. So he called the police. When he was waiting for the police to show up, or they walked near the house and could hear the 22-month-old crying inside, which is so eerie. Horrible. Like, I can't they even know imagine. There's a baby in there. I know. For how long? Oh my gosh. Inside, the police discovered that the only survivor was Jana, who apparently was within hours of dying. Oh, baby. Like she had obviously feces everywhere and obviously hasn't been fed in days. So I can't even imagine a 22-month-old just left Mm -hmm. alone. Like that's horrifying. And it was so interesting because in Crime Junkies, they were talking about how It's crazy how something at 22 months really impacts you later in life. Like the Mm -hmm. kid had so much trauma from it. And to me, I'm like 22 months, like you're not even two years old. How do you remember that? But the the daughter had apparently problems like speaking and all this other stuff and just like guilt. And no way. Even though it was like it was only a span of what was it days? Like, yeah. And that impacted like the rest of her life. Or, mm-hmm. you know, so far. Wow. I mean, which granted, it's obviously very traumatic, but I just... 
I wouldn't think like, I I'm just someone who doesn't have a good memory. Like anything before five don't remember it. So I'm like, Whoa, that like mm-hmm. a day or two could like just impact. And the way our bodies so work is when you have something traumatizing as a young adult, you often forget about it because your body just yeah. like naturally is Shuts trying to down. like save you. Yeah. Yeah. Fight or flight. And I'm shocked that she was able to recount things, but it's important to note that Katie, the wife, was stabbed 15 times, raped, and the semen was found inside <gasps> of her body. Oh my God, 15 times. I know. Kara was stabbed to death and Aaron was bludgeoned. Mm. I know. A so five sad. and a three year old. Oh. Mm hmm. Horrible. And in the episode, they were talking about how apparently they think the younger one survived because Kara and Aaron told her to hide. So the robber didn't oh. know there was a younger kid. So she was hiding somewhere. Because oh, at that point, obviously, gosh. you can, like, and walk and stuff. Her. Yeah. I know. Oh, my gosh. Horrible. While combing the house, they found hair and fingerprints. And that whoever did this tried to clean it up. They tested it with luminol. It lit up. From the house, there was cash missing, Katie's ATM card, and the paper that had the PIN number on it. There was a witness who claimed he saw a white man leaving the house wearing a members-only jacket, and he was able to give a sketch. They interviewed the babysitter for the family and noted that they had recently sold their dog and the cops let that information go public so the person who bought the dog would know to come in and get interviewed by police. The wife of the person who adopted the dog saw this on the news and she told her husband he should go into the police and just like clear his name and be like, I literally am just here for the dog. All that jazz. This man was Timothy Hennis. Upon entering the police station, they were like, holy shit, this guy looks just like our sketch. They interviewed (laughs) him, got swabs and fingerprints. Because of the resemblance, they instantly considered him a person of interest. They did a lineup and the witness picked him out instantly. And from there, he was arrested. Wild. Imagine being like his his wife and just being like, oh, just like go in, just like clear, you know, like Mm -hmm. innocent, whatever. And then just... Bye, see ya. Getting arrested. Talk about a curveball. Which brings us to his trial. There are a lot of things that came up in the trial we won't get into because this episode isn't just about this case. But if you want more details, definitely listen to the full episode. Mm -hmm. Um, But we just want to cut to the chase now. He was found guilty and sentenced to death. The same day as his sentencing, he received a piece of paper in the mail that said, Dear Mr. Hennis, I did the crime. I murdered the Eastburns. Sorry you're doing time for me. I'll be safely out of North Carolina when you read this. Thanks, Mr. X. Oh, my God. Isn't that crazy? I'd be be shitting myself. I know. And apparently the police also received the same paper. So the person mailed it to both Tim and... And the police, which is weird. So he was clearly this whole time, like, uh, keeping his innocence, correct? Like, he's like, I did not do this. I literally just, Mm -hmm. that was my dog. So less than two years later, his defense lawyer was able to get a retrial for him by stating that during the first trial, the jury had showed very graphic crime scene photos and videos for a significant amount of time. And obviously Mm -hmm. that sways the jury in one way or the other, so... They felt like that was really unfair, and sure enough, he got a second trial. And the defense knew what the argument was going to be from the other side, so they basically proved all Mm -hmm. those theories wrong, and he ultimately was found not guilty. Holy shit. I know. (laughs) And then- That's wild. There's more. So here's where things get good, and essentially, this is why the case has stuck with both you and I, because we love a plot twist. It's like a Gone Girl type situation. Yeah, it's like I'm reading a thriller. Exactly. So when the trials were happening, DNA testing was just beginning to be developed, and in 2005, thanks to advancements in technology, DNA testing was close to solving so many unsolved cold cases, which is so wild to me to think that... DNA testing is so recent. You know what I mean? I know. Like all the forensic files ones that I'm watching, I'm like, you literally like just get like a 23andMe, you know? Like let's figure this out. <laughs> it's like exactly. This exist. <laughs> Ugh, it's so thankfully when the detectives were surveying the crime scene multiple years ago, they took a vaginal swab from Katie's body and they finally put it to the test. 
Dun 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 dun. dun. <laughs> and what were those results of that swab, Sarah? In 2006, a forensic test determined that the sample was 1.2 quadrillion times more likely to come from Hennis than any other person in the state of North Carolina. <laughs> 1.2 quadrillion? Yeah. Quadrillion. I don't even I'm know sorry. like what number that is, but that's a lot. Nope, can't fathom it. So <laughs> that's how much it is. You guys, so, he was literally like, he was like, I'm innocent, I'm not innocent. Listening to this for the first time, like, I felt bad for him because I was like, mm-hmm. there was no, no evidence that he d- was there and did this besides that he looked resembled the sketch. Like, that mm-hmm. was the only thing tying, and they just stuck with it because of, again, the gruesome photos that they showed. It's like you obviously just want to convict someone because you're like, this is horrible. And these were young kids involved. But he had like, and then the letters. How, who were the letters from? I have no idea. He wrote like, I guess he did it. Just, I don't, or his lawyer. I don't know. Oh my gosh. There's so many questions. Like so many questions. But yeah, I was like, oh, this poor guy. Cause there's so many people that get sentenced, especially when death is like mm-hmm. at stake, like you're, you're sentenced to death death penalty and so it's like damn like so many people are like wrongfully convicted and it's horrible and I was just like damn, oh this sucks and then I was I was so excited that he got you know a second chance and got off for so long only to realize in 2006 so how long was he living his life like he was he I think was free for like I don't know maybe like 10 15 years oh my gosh Maybe longer. A, I don't know. A, and he did it this whole time. <laughs> I know. So as you guys know, as an American through the Fifth Amendment, we're protected against double jeopardy, no retrials after acquittals, which is personally why I think OJ is still like technically a free man. You know, I won't get into that, mm. but I never I think about that. Yeah. Just to me, he's so guilty. Everyone says it's his son, but like anyway. Um <laughs> Another another discussion for another day. The crazy thing is, is Tim was actually in the military once, I think before he oh, right. even committed this crime and then after as well. And there's such thing as a military court, which I didn't know existed. And since he was mm-hmm. tried in the federal court, there was a way around it to, since he was a military man, that he could be tried in the military court for the same case oh no way and now that they had the evidence they were like dude we need to we need to put this guy in the locker like it is time (laughs) so they recalled him for military duty so he's like thinking he's showing up for the country and they lock him up because they finally had the evidence to finally do so and they're like bye-bye hennis Mm -hmm. once he returned to fort bragg he was court-martialed on three counts of capital murder and found guilty did they ever find out, like, did he ever reveal why he would, like, was no. he in love with this woman? It sounded like, that to me sounds like a crime of passion when it's, you're stabbed 15 times and, like, and you're bludgeoning at, at children. Mm-hmm. Like, that seems like you have this personal connection to them. Like, he claims that he, I think, had an affair with the wife, which is why she had his semen in her but he didn't do the crime which makes no sense but oh yeah he 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 just had sex <laughs> with her and then like left but he like totally didn't do it <laughs> someone else did coincidence that someone just came in like right after i left and and did this it wasn't me though it's so crazy oh those poor kids too like i, I mean poor, poor girl as well like the and woman husband. but just oh and oh my I recommend listening to the full episode because there's so much more evidence that they talk about, but obviously. Yeah, it takes you for a wild ride. This is just the Spark Notes version, but mm-hmm. left our jaws dropping. I can't believe it. Sorry to interrupt this iconic true crime chat, but I have to tell you guys about our sponsor for today's podcast, Green Chef. Green Chef is the first USDA certified organic meal kit where you can enjoy clean, seasonally sourced ingredients with quality you can trust. Not to mention, Green Chef makes eating well super easy and affordable with all the different plans that they offer. This is honestly why we love it. There's literally plans for every lifestyle. If you're vegan like Caitlin, or if you're just like me and you wanna eat healthier, they've got you covered. They have keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian options. The possibilities are honestly endless. Cody and I made the cheesy ground beef melts with roasted red potato wedges. I'm sorry, my mouth is like watering as I said that. And I have to say, 
the potatoes were 10 out of 10. You know how passionate I am when it comes to potatoes. If you would like to check out Green Chef, listen no further because we've got the hookup. So go to greenchef.com slash 90loaded and use code 90loaded to get $90 off, including free shipping. Again, that's greenchef.com slash 90loaded with code 90loaded to get $90 off and free shipping. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. Now back to our true crime chat. But the next one is Marlene Warren. And I don't think okay. you – did you read – don't read anything. Nope, okay. I haven't, no. Okay. I'm like, <laughs> did, you, did you read it? Did you read ahead? Did you? <laughs> okay, good. Because this is one that I heard about through Morbid's episode on October 18th, 2020. I was okay. just talking about it with my brother last night because he also is a true crime junkie like me. Love. So is my dad, apparently. He listens to Morbid. Isn't that so cute? Aww, it's a I little know. family affair. I know, <laughs> except for my mom. She's like, let's talk science. <laughs> oh, I love it. I know. Let's go, Maria. This one stuck with me because it's everyone's movie like nightmare because it involves clowns. Oh, fuck no. I'm out already. Right? I am out. Yeah. I feel I like clowns. fictional stories are always involving clowns, but we often associate them with killers like John Wayne Gacy, who obviously dressed up as a clown. This is a <laughs> clown related true crime. That I had never heard about until months ago. So I pulled the story from Reddit. So that's where I got it from. But they really summarized it best. And I'm just going to read it to you. On the morning of May 26, 1990, Marlene Warren opened the front door of her Florida home to a clown wearing an orange wig, white face paint, and a red nose. The clown Mm -hmm. was carrying flowers and balloons. One balloon bore the text, you're the greatest. Automatic. No. I'd be like... I'm good. Absolutely not. I would be looking through my peephole and be like, get the fuck off of my front doorstep. I know. Goodbye. Imagine no. like with rings and stuff these days. Like if I open my ring. <gasps> I you just get the notification to your phone and you just see no. I'd be like, absolutely not. Especially because this is 11 a.m. in the morning. So. No. No, I mean, no, it's even no, worse no. if it's at like night. birthday parties down the street, sir. Goodbye. <laughs> After offering Marlene the balloons and flowers, the clown raised a gun and fired one <gasps> bullet into Marlene's mouth, killing her instantly. Oh, Marlene. Oh Marlene's my God. son arrived just in time to see the brown eyed clown get into a Chrysler LeBaron and drive off, never to be seen again. What the fuck? I know. I was like, speechless because i'm i mean that is the nightmare <laughs> that is literally i've had nightmares similar to that and like all i the poor kid clowns he traumatizing. was traumatizing like a teenager at this point and they lived in a very like wealthy florida gated community uh-huh. like there was a freaking like when i googled pictures of her house just out of curiosity there's like a landing strip for like private jets and stuff like, what the f- like they're rich they're like rich rich you know? they're rich <laughs> how do they so, get through the gated community Ugh. i don't know well keep listening you'll find out <laughs> so four days later the white chrysler lebaron was found by the police it had been reported stolen from a car rental agency run by no other than michael warren marlene's husband A brown paper Mm. bag from Publix was found in the trunk and orange fibers similar to the orange wig the killer clown was wearing was found in the car. There had been rumors that there was an affair going on between Marlene's husband and a co-worker, Shayla Keen. Shayla. Shayla. Never trust a Shayla. Shayla. (laughs) Just kidding if there's a Shayla listening. We We love love you. you. (laughs) Hopefully your last name is not Keen. When the police went to investigate to see – so obviously – you can't – this was 1990. You can just order a costume on Amazon or anything like that. So they went around <laughs> Damn. to a bunch of different costume stores and to see which one carried the orange wig since it was very noticeable. I don't typically think of clowns wearing orange wigs. I'm more of like a red wig kind of gal. But Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they eventually found the place and asked the employees if they remembered selling one. The reason they remembered was because the woman was in a hurry and she requested – extra face whitener to ensure complete facial covering okay sus and it was a woman yep okay 
They described a woman with long brown hair and eventually ID'd her as Shayla Keen by a photo they showed. I can't believe they remembered that. That is so... Like, I'd be like, uh, why do you need to be that concealed to go to a birthday party? Like, it's not that serious, you know? Michael had an alibi. I believe he was, like, on a golf trip or something like that. I don't remember exactly. Classic. Yeah. He – they had a warrant to search Shayla's apartment, and it came up empty. Hmm. T. So they didn't have any hard evidence that they could prove in court except for the orange fibers they found in the car. And for years, no conviction was ever made. For years, Michael and Shayla denied ever having an affair, but eventually Shayla divorced her husband and Michael Warren and her escaped to Virginia. Years later, they married in Vegas. So romantic. (laughs) A true love story. I know. A great love story, you know? (laughs) Escaped Florida for for Virginia. Married in Vegas. (laughs) They opened a restaurant together in Kingsport, Tennessee, which is about a four-hour drive from me. So you're going today for dinner. Totally. That's actually our Valentine's plan. Oh my God. (laughs) Romantic. Yeah. (laughs) One year for Halloween, they all dressed up for, you know, costumes and everything. Mm -hmm. And who did she dress up as? That freaking clown. A fucking clown. Is she an idiot? And there's like, is she actually an idiot? I know. So, like, that's kind of, like, mocking in a way, being like, hey, 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 Oh, for hey. sure. She's like, I got away with this. Ha, 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 ha. As you know, DNA evidence, like I was talking about earlier, was in the infancy in the 1990s, and a lot of cold cases are being solved now with the advancements of technology, blah, 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 blah. Well, they decided to run the fibers, and ultimately, after decades of mystery, Shayla Keen Warren had been arrested on tw- – September 27th, 2017, in charge Holy with first-degree murder for killing Marlene Warren in 1990. So that she recent. went – Yeah. She went almost she 30 so years. so long. What a bitch. I know. You just go live your life and dress up as that – So she was – she was the killer the whole time. Like, so was a woman mm-hmm. was the clown. Oh, my gosh. What an – and she doesn't was just jealous. There. Like, doesn't stop there, honey. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Defense attorney Richard Lubin said, oh, What a name. <laughs> yeah, what was that? <laughs> Lubin? Richard Lubin. Dick Lubin. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, that was Love. insensitive. Shayla Warren <laughs> vehement, vehement, vehemently, oh my God, what a word. Vehemently. I know. Whenever are. I read this in my, my books, I'm like, What? <laughs> My brain can't comprehend that. (laughs) So she denies killing Marlene Warren and pleads not guilty. Now, this is like the craziest part. And this is just something I found just from researching the case on my own time. And the parents of Marlene believe Michael got off easy because they don't think there was any way he was completely innocent, which I totally agree. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Like this isn't just Shayla. No. So there's no way he didn't know about it, and he obviously aided in the crime somehow, but they have no way to prove it. But the reason they really believe this is because Marlene's parents were fond of clowns prior to Marlene's murder. They had a circus room in their house with adorned clown paintings. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Oh, my God. Creepy. I know. So Michael had to have told Shayla this. Mm-hmm. They had a, a fascination with this. So it was, again, in like a mocking thing or to like gain her trust in a way, like showing up at her door. Did she just think she would answer because like her parents like clowns or something? I have no idea. Yeah, that's so creepy. I know. So the prosecution wants to seek the death penalty for Shayla, but ultimately they need more evidence before they make that decision because they want this woman obviously locked up forever. So she's just like awaiting trial right now? I believe she – I truly don't know the answer to this, but I feel like she tried to get – I feel like she did get the guilty verdict, but I feel like – you know how after the verdict you also get sentenced? Yeah. So I feel like like, it might be waiting – on the sentencing but i think she tried to like play the covid card and get out oh my god what a bitch i know oh that's horrible and and creepy and clearly he is involved as well like come on especially 
if you you had to have found out like your your son was like you you hear you're like okay my ex-wife was murdered by a clown hmm interesting and my my new girl dresses up as a clown also not long after for halloween just seems like it'd be a little too you would yeah clearly you know and you're involved and you're fake michael i wonder what the son thinks i know oh poor kid i didn't see anything about that but wild that case man i was like that's so creepy i hate anything to do with clowns and this just solidified that i I hate them leave me alone when that whole phenomenon happened like when a the new It ago. movie came out and everyone was just running around, no, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I'm out. Okay, so we have one more case, if you will. I don't know. This is more paranormal than anything. Um, so, but if you yeah. guys want paranormal haunting subjects, yeah, let for us podcasts. Let us know. <laughs> I mean, obviously, we'll have one when we go to Salem. Oh, but- for sure. There's so much we can talk about because there's like the biggest, I think it's a hospital in Louisville that apparently is one of the most haunted places in America. Have, can you like go? I think you can. I have you not been? Because I would literally shit myself, but also <laughs> I'm dating crazy. somebody who would rather die than go somewhere like that. Is he terrified of, of that stuff too? Yes. He hates it. I know. How did we end up with like little bitches? I don't know. I mean, I'm if ashamed. you if you want to go, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> but I'll go. <laughs> we would so ourselves. another road trip. Well, Sarah this was only... also like, you know, this amusement park is like six hours from oh, me yeah. just saying. I'm like, so add it to the list. Okay, great. West Virginia, we're coming your way, which I didn't think I'd ever say. <laughs> road trip, right? West Virginia, mm, not my favorite state. But anyway, no offense to anyone living in West Virginia, but I think we can all agree. We might be going now because Lake Shawnee Amusement Park, ladies and gents, (laughs) we're coming. Here we freaking go. And also, if you guys have ever, like, are from West Virginia and you've heard of this, let us know. Ooh, yeah, give us a tea. Have you gone on the tour? Well, you know, we'll we'll discuss that after too, but. Or if you live in Louisville and you've been to the little hospital, like let us know about that as well or Salem or anything haunted because Caitlin and I love to hear it and we'll save the responses for a podcast episode. (gasps) Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we're doing that ASAP. Mm -hmm. So um, if you want to listen to this morbid episode, it's from September 13th, 2020. It's so good. I sent it to Caitlin. I was like, dude, you have to listen to this because it's literally the craziest shit I've ever heard. This is wild. I listened to it yesterday while I was getting ready. And as soon as it finished, I texted Sarah. I was like, so is it fucked up that I want to go? Because <laughs> this is insane. Okay. So it's no new history lesson that when the Americans settled on North American soil, they really just waltzed right in. We're like, yep, this is my land now. No regards mm-hmm. to Native Americans well, yep. in the 1700s, the Clay family, which was a family consisting of 14 children. Like, she got busy. 14 children. I can't even imagine. Ouch. They just Ouch. fall out. My vagina hurts thinking about it. I want to sew it up right now. They settled on that 800-acre plot of land that they noticed was unused by the Native Americans. They built their home, they lived their daily lives, and then according to WideOpenCountry.com, tragedy struck the first time when members of the local Shawnee, and I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing anything incorrectly, I'm ignorant. I think that's right. Mm-hmm. Native American tribe killed two of the clay children, Bartley and Tabitha, which is such a 1700s name. I know. It's so <laughs> cute. Uh, while they were working on their daily chores and their son, Ezekiel. <laughs> so fucking cute. I love it. Ezekiel bread. I know. Was it's kidnapped and burned at the stake. Wild. Horrible. After Mitchell killed some of the Native Americans, which is the father, in retaliation, the Clay family and their property would never be the same. So we're going to fast truth. forward a few years, like 220 to 1920. <laughs> Just like a casual 220-year <laughs> progression. 
<laughs> not really sure what happened in those years, but uh, 1920. Let your imagination run wild. <laughs> this man decides that this land would be perfect for an amusement park because this is like when everything was Everybody wanted the amusement park. I know Cincinnati's like Coney Island popped up around the same time. You mm-hmm. know, people needed an escape. It had the staples for an amusement park for the time period, a slide, a Ferris wheel, swings, even a swimming pool. And soon as they opened, they had some freak accidents happen. So from the time they were opened or from the time they opened the doors to when they closed in 1960s, they had six deaths on site, which That's is not like – it's not like an amusement park today where, like, people obviously die on, like, falling out, you yeah. know? It's now like – These were creepy. Yes. One of, that is widely noted was a little girl who was on the swings and a delivery truck backed into her when she was on said swing and instantly oh. killed her. Now, I'm not sure – The way they were describing this, too, that she was wearing, like, a ruffled – yeah. pink dress and it was just like smothered in blood like just was she everywhere. decapitated or am i just i don't know if they specified but i think something i think probably something some like that it was very of- gruesome mm-hmm. imagine just being at the amusement park with your family going for a wholesome afternoon just see a child just smothered like oh I couldn't picture it because I was thinking like, I mean, nowadays when you go on the swings at amusement parks, they're so high, you know what I mean? Which obviously regulations change and everything and technology. (laughs) Technology. Mm -hmm. But when I looked it up just to kind of visualize, I was like, oh, like the Revolve Swings, like the Revolve Festival Swings. But even smaller than that. I have the pictures pulled up of this amusement park and it looks fucking scary like so eerie uh-huh and the swings are like only a couple feet it looks like at most from the ground like just like two feet maybe so low oh my god and nowadays obviously you have like gates and stuff around Creepy. So, but i, I oh, guess yeah. they didn't at the time i have no idea so two boys Ugh. drowned and people who have swam in the lake or swimming pool only said that they felt like they had near-death experiences, like somebody was pulling them under. At least that's what they said in the episode, I'm pretty sure. More yeah, they said that. like a hand would be like trying to pull them under. And if if her dad didn't come and like grab her out, like and like he had to pull, like mm-hmm. she would have for sure drowned. And it was all like kid accident. Like there was all – it was just kids dying pretty much, yeah. which is horrible. When the park closed in 1960s, they had – sold all the main attractions but in the 1980s they decided they should open back up give it another shot so Which, they purchased the hell was like let's open this back up yeah <laughs> after all of that like can we just like let it rest you know no no of course not they purchased some swings from a warehouse in new jersey and this part like this blows my mind Yeah. When it arrived they decided to run the serial code on the swings and sure enough they were the exact set that had been mm-hmm. previously at Lake Shawnee Amusement Park. Which I couldn't believe that they didn't just like get rid of this swing set after a kid died in a horrible way on it. It's like, why? Well, no, you're still just like passing it around. <laughs> I know. Like, creepy. I know. And to be drawn to that specific one at that specific, like, he goes to that warehouse and it just happens to be that same one no it's like annabelle mm-hmm. or something isn't that what that yeah this is, this is like a horror movie yeah i'm surprised Ugh. somebody hasn't done anything with it yet but anyway it stayed open for a while but eventually insurance rates got too high and they decided to close the amusement park again thank god <laughs> <laughs> finally in 1990s they decided they wanted to use the land for something called mud bogging which i had to look up because i was like what the fuck is that in Kentucky, we call it mudding. I don't know. Do you guys? I hadn't heard of it. I hadn't heard of either of these, honestly. Oh, really? Oh, I was wondering what like, they were talking about. You've got like a little car thing, or you can even take like a Jeep and you just basically go around and like splash in mud and stuff. It's really stupid. I No offense. Fun Kentucky things. <laughs> I wouldn't do it, but if you like it, sure, go for it. I guess maybe it was really popular in the 1990s. I don't know. I know my brother used to go to my brother. My brother's friend's farm, 
they'd mm-hmm. get on the RVs and they'd go like through mud and shit. I'm like, count me out Classic. on that one. In order to get the land ready for this, they had to do some digging because obviously they had to like get everything ready for the super muddy experience. Woo! And that's mm-hmm. when they discovered arrowheads, pottery, and eventually, dot, 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 kids' graves. Hmm. And how many graves are we talking, Sarah? The grounds had been a sacred burial ground for Native Americans, which is why they were so upset when the Clay family settled there. They found up to 3,000 bodies buried there. According oh. to the Register Herald, the only thing they can figure out, which could have happened was that there was some type of flu or something like that and they had to protect the rest of the tribe so everyone except the kids and the elderly left it's sad but marshall thinks that's what wiped out the shawnee tribe back in the 1700s which is crazy to think about three thousand graves now it's all open i think around halloween and during the year you can take tours like private tours uh during certain times because they say it's like more spiritual during certain hours for obvious reasons there's nothing Mm -hmm. they decided obviously not to make it a mudding place out of respect yeah they're like we can't keep continue to fuck with this like this is clearly a sign and not ours yeah and it's so crazy you have to listen to the episode because they talk about all the experiences that happen to people who like keep the grounds okay and yeah the family like continued to live there like so they just left it as an abandoned amusement park essentially mm-hmm. and cuz they lived there for so long and they were like we might as well do something with all of this land that we have because it's insane so they're just they were having experiences so they're like let's just open it up and you know if people want to come see it like sure might as well just take it and run with it like that idea so you can still go tour it and yeah the people who have had like crazy experiences who like run you know like help maintain the grounds and mm-hmm. stuff and like one of them suffered a heart attack and is still like <sighs> there I'm like oh my god and the craziest too part is that they don't specify which of the swings from that swing was like mm-hmm. the one that the girl died on, but they say like everybody knows because they're always drawn to that swing. Like they have a horrible feeling. And that was also the people on that podcast were like, apparently everybody who goes there has like a horrible feeling. Like when they go there, it's like the energy is so bad that like people feel sick and like even like a lot of psychics and discovery channel, sh- whatever shows and stuff have been filmed here because it's like Mm -hmm. one of the is it one of the most haunted places in america or something yep so yeah apparently a lot of people are drawn to that and and also the water i guess is like another spot that there's a lot of weird stuff you could not can't like go in there because people still like can drown it's like not not chill so so i want to (laughs) go so we're planning our trip uh, anyone have any good hotel recommendations? Uh, spas <laughs> Can I like around? just do you think they like Airbnb out their house? Oh, and one of the people who like on went there the entire time. Yeah, they said one of like the producers or someone who worked on one of the shows that they were filming there. She like went into like the ticket booth or something and then got locked in and there was oh, no yeah. lock on the door and it was just like a Fuck push that. door and she was locked in there for so long and got so like traumatized like when she like she finally got out she had to go to the hospital because she was just like so torn up about it <laughs> yeah i was like oh my god noted not going in the ticket booth i would be so scared like i have the mm. desire to like experience it but like also i'd be so nervous driving in and driving no i know I'd, I'd have like so much anxiety like i'd be going I, like I, five my miles heart would be hour. racing We'd be so excited, like, driving there. Once we get there, like, we're like, are we actually doing this? Like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, like, at like least please just look up pictures on. of Lake Shawnee Amusement Park yeah. because the pictures are so creepy. Mm-hmm. Like, this looks like a movie set. Oh, Yep. I, I want to watch YouTube videos on it because they said there's a lot of – Yeah, they said there's a lot and you can hear the giggling. A lot of people hear giggling Ooh. and weird, weird noises and stuff. Which I is always hard to, to like when that. I'm watching those. I'm like, are they doctoring this? It's I'm, I'm always like skeptical about it, but because of like all of the story and knowing that it's literally when you're walking, you're walking on three thousand graves. Like, yeah, come it's on, it's not just that one swing. You know, there is a lot of, I believe, a lot of spiritual activity over there. There has to be. 
this is what I'm going to do tonight. I'm going to dive in. Yeah, I wanted to. I'm like so curious. <laughs> Give me more of this. So that's the three episodes I rounded up for you guys. I Let me know how I did. Did I do a good job? <laughs> Sarah's first time teaching some true crime, living out her fantasies. Let us know also on our podcast Instagram which story was most intriguing to you. Oh, yeah. Which of the three tickled your fancy? We didn't want to do like ones that everyone has heard of or like something that Netflix has covered just because like, you know, we all know certain stories like the Night Stalker and stuff like that. But these ones I had never heard about ever in my entire life. And I was just like, let's let's talk about it. It's so crazy how many of these like stories are out there that even haven't been covered yet or we just haven't, you know, learned about yet. It's I know. Crazy to think about. Can't wait to do another one. (laughs) I know. (laughs) So next week. (laughs) So things got a little dark um, on this episode (laughs) of That's Loaded. But like we said, nothing's off limits. (laughs) True. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. I had so much fun learning about this because it's just just wild to me. Mm -hmm. Thanks for letting me chit chat and just kind of take over it was a lot of talking so i'm probably have vocal fry please don't rate us low if we have some vocal fry okay just, it's, it's valentine's day give us a break it's a galentine's day yes oh my god because nothing Happy says galentine's day valentine's more day. than true crime you know <laughs> we should have done like love stories gone wrong snap happy valentine's day bitches <laughs> just kidding okay well uh be sure to rate us five stars leave us a review follow us on instagram follow us on mm. that's loaded podcast instagram and let us know what topics you want us to cover next because we'll talk about it all we will nothing 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 off limits See you next Tuesday, bitches. See you next Tuesday.